The Germantown section of Philadelphia is filled with historic homes, many dating back to the 1700s, and the homestead of one is even older. Just down Germantown Avenue, a little way from John Wister's big house, is the Wick House. The original log cabin was built in 1690, and although that building is no longer standing, some of the buildings at the Wick Estate and Gardens date back to the 1730s. As you continue on along Germantown Ave, you'll pass the Johnson House. This was built in 1768 by John Johnson as a wedding gift for his son. Johnson family members were among some of the earliest supporters of education in the Germantown area. Samuel Johnson, son of John Johnson Jr., was an abolitionist. Johnson and William Still held secret anti-slavery meetings at his home on Germantown Avenue. The Johnson House was also a stop along the Underground Railroad in the 1800s. Today, it's the only remaining accessible stop from the Underground Railroad in Philadelphia. If you wander a little further along Germantown Avenue, you'll come to a rather imposing Georgian home called Cliveden, where Benjamin Chu and his descendants lived for over 200 years. Like Grumblethorpe, Cliveden was occupied by the British, and during the Battle of Germantown, it was a stronghold for British Colonel Thomas Musgrave and his troops. They barricaded themselves inside the Cliveden mansion. Marksmen from the 40th Regiment stood post at second-floor windows like snipers and shot from above. Washington's army was told to reduce Cliveden, as in reduce it to rubble. But neither cannon shots nor fire could bring down that house. Almost half the casualties Washington's army suffered during the Battle of Germantown died at Cliveden. It took four years to build this home. Like Grumblethorpe, the stones were quarried from the grounds nearby. The property underwent a few changes over the last 250 years. A great-granddaughter added an addition, bathrooms were installed, the last member of the Chu family installed an in-ground pool. But no amount of modernization could change Cliveden's architecture or its history. And like Grumblethorpe, a history like Cliveden is bound to have a few ghosts. I'm Dina Marie, your host on this Twisted Journey. Welcome to Twisted Philly. There's more mischief, mayhem, and nefarious goings-on in the city of brotherly love than Billy Penn could have ever imagined. We've got it all here on the Twisted Philly podcast, True Crime haunted history, the coolest and creepiest places to visit. Welcome Welcome to to Twisted Twisted Philly. I visited Cliveden for the first time about two years ago. It was on a Sunday afternoon after I needed a break from the crowds at Clover Market. That's an amazing outdoor craft and flea market filled with artists like jewelers, woodworkers, glass artists, folks selling secondhand items. Other sellers have vintage clothing and accessories that cost a small fortune and food trucks with the best lemonade I've ever tasted. Clover Market sets up a few times a year in and around Philadelphia. On this particular day, the market was in Chestnut Hill, home to the Balleroy Mansion, one of the earliest episodes of Twisted Philly and one of the most haunted locations in Philadelphia. I'd driven past Cliveden before, but never stopped. And on this particular day, I needed some quiet. I was in the mood for a little history. It was late on a Sunday afternoon when I pulled up at the mansion. The historical center was open, but only long enough for me to grab a pamphlet. I was able to wander the grounds on my own, although it was too late for a tour inside. 
I did peek in the windows and walk around every inch of this remarkable house. There are beautiful sculptures around the grounds, and the stones that form the walls of Cliveden are incredible. It's rather imposing when you stand next to it. You feel small, especially knowing even General Washington and his cannons couldn't tear down this home. Benjamin Chu wasn't a native Philadelphian. He was born in Maryland in 1722, but he did grow up in Philadelphia. He studied law both in Philly and London. Lucky for Chu, during the short time he was overseas, he made some fairly well-positioned friends with the last name Penn. When he returned to the colonies after leaving London, Benjamin Chu spent about 10 years in Delaware before returning to Philadelphia in 1754. Just a year later, he was appointed Pennsylvania Attorney General. Now, make no mistake, Benjamin Chu was a highly accomplished attorney. Those friends of his in high places with that famous last name wouldn't have placed Chu in prominent government roles if he wasn't cut out for the challenge. And clearly he was, because by 1774, Chu rose to the position of Chief Justice of Pennsylvania. Benjamin Chu owned numerous properties in Pennsylvania and Delaware. All of the land and houses he owned, though, weren't quite enough. Chu wanted to keep up with the colonist version of the Joneses, so he built a country house in Germantown. He purchased 11 acres and over the course of four years, built the mansion we know today as Cliveden. Chu had a tough time of it in the years leading up to the Revolutionary War. According to historians, he was actually friends with George Washington and John Adams, but he wasn't entirely comfortable with the Declaration of Independence. People feared he was a crown sympathizer. They didn't think he was a full-on Tory, but they knew he didn't support the colonists' desire to achieve independence from Great Britain. And he certainly didn't support the revolution. On August 7, 1777, Benjamin Chu, chief justice of the state of Pennsylvania, was placed under house arrest. Initially, the Continental Congress considered detaining him at his mansion in Germantown, but ultimately they sent him to the Union Forge in New Jersey, which was owned by his wife's uncle. Once Chu was detained at Union Forge, his wife Elizabeth and their 14 children had to leave Cliveden. Benjamin Chu fathered 14 kids. He had five girls with his first wife, who was also his cousin and nine children with his second wife, seven more girls, and two boys. Apparently, the two daughters were heavenly creatures because they were referred to as constellations in Philadelphia society. The Battle of Germantown happened while Chu was in exile in New Jersey, and Cliveden was empty except for a few servants. Of course, the British occupied Cliveden. It was damn near a fortress. It was built from ashlar masonry. Each stone was the same size as the next. Even the windowsills were made from sandstone. This house could withstand a tornado. During the Ghosts of Germantown Part 1, I mentioned that General Washington split his army into four columns, hoping that strategy would surround and overwhelm the British. Yes, he failed. Yes, two of the columns really screwed up. But the group led by Washington actually gave the British a run for their money on Germantown Avenue. Much of the fighting in Germantown took place around Cliveden Mansion. Those troops led by Washington were actually able to push the British back for a time, and they retreated to Cliveden under the leadership of Colonel Thomas Musgrave. That retreat gave the British an advantage over Washington. 
he and his men were trapped between the British troops at Cliveden and other British troops just a few blocks away. And, well, if you listened to part one, then you know the rest about the Battle of Germantown. The Continental Army couldn't destroy Cliveden, but the mansion did sustain some damage. And there was fighting inside the house before Musgrave and his men barricaded themselves inside. According to the Cliveden National Trust, the inside of the mansion looked like a slaughterhouse after the Battle of Germantown. Benjamin Chu was eventually released after the Continental Army reclaimed Philadelphia in 1778. But he didn't return to Cliveden. In fact, he was so uncomfortable with the political climate, he sold the mansion in 1779. But he just couldn't resist that impressive house in Germantown. About 20 years later, Benjamin Chu bought it back, and the Cliveden mansion remained in his family until 1972. Cliveden is a historic house museum featuring dozens of the Chu family's possessions dating back to the 1700s. One of Chu's sons, of course one of his sons, and not his 12 daughters, inherited the mansion after Benjamin Sr. died in 1810. When his son Benjamin Jr. died 34 years later, there was considerable discord in the family regarding who controlled the Cliveden Empire. And by discord, I mean it was a shit show. Jr.'s son, Ben III, not a lot of creativity in this family with the naming conventions. Well, he decided he wanted it all for himself. That didn't bode well with his aunts and uncles, and he became known as Bad Ben until he died in 1857. Over the years after his father's death, Bad Ben stole family heirlooms, which eventually were reclaimed by one of his nephews and restored to their rightful place at Cliveden Mansion. In 1970, the property was struck by arson when someone set fire to the old carriage house. On August 4, 1970, the caretaker at Cliveden discovered a fire around 2 in the morning. It burned for an hour, the roof of the carriage house collapsed, and it destroyed dozens of historic relics and family documents, including six horse-drawn carriages. Some of these dated back to the 1700s, and one was used by General Washington when he was in Germantown. After the fire, Samuel Chu decided it was time to let go of Cliveden. The mansion plus a number of the historic artifacts were transferred to the National Trust for Historic Preservation in 1972. The National Historic Trust hosts events throughout the year. They've got conversations about history, the Revolutionary War, slavery in Germantown, and the people who fought to abolish slavery in Philadelphia. They host workshops in art and music, and you can tour Cliveden. According to some folks who have toured the mansion, guides do not share ghost stories. In fact, in 2015, Jim Cheney, a reporter with Penn Live, told readers his tour guide went so far as to say there are no ghostly sightings at Cliveden. You know what? I don't believe it. I may not have seen anything when I wandered the grounds, but other people have. I wonder if the tour guides downplay any ghostly sightings to minimize the interest from professional or amateur ghost hunters. Cliveden Mansion still wears the battle scars of the Revolutionary War. You can see damage to the exterior from cannonballs fired by the Continental Army during the Battle of Germantown. Those cannonballs weren't strong enough to bring down the walls, but they did leave a mark. Nearly a half dozen carpenters and masons worked on the house the winter after the Battle of Germantown to make reparations, but even small reminders of the damage Cliveden sustained can still be seen today. Like Grumblethorpe, you will see bloodstains inside the house. 
Now, these may not be attributed to a famous general, but these are marks left by the young men from both sides of the Atlantic who lost their lives in a barrage of musket fire over a period of hours. It's hard to imagine Cliveden isn't haunted, especially the grounds around the mansion. When you think about the battle that waged outside, practically an entire stretch of Germantown Avenue is haunted. There used to be a walking tour called Ghosts of the Great Road, featuring a number of locations between the 5,000 and 6,000 blocks of Germantown Avenue. I can't find anything about this tour in recent years. The website for Ghost of the Great Road is no longer available. But a few years ago, you could walk down Germantown Avenue and the area around Cliveden Mansion with a guide and dousing rods. There is a morbid story about a ghost who wanders the mansion. I don't know if she's been seen by the family before they left the property in the 70s, but there is a legend of a headless female ghost haunting Cliveden Mansion. It's believed this woman may have been hiding inside Cliveden when the fighting broke out during the Battle of Germantown. She was discovered by British soldiers. One cut off her head with his bayonet. I've read accounts of her death that included a soldier running out of Cliveden holding her head up to scare the Continental Army, to show them just how brutal the British soldiers could be. There is absolutely no historic record of that, at least none that I could find. But that doesn't change the fact people who visited Cliveden Mansion reported seeing the ghost of a woman moving aimlessly through the rooms, disappearing without incident, and always without her head. In the book Ancient and Modern Germantown, Mount Airy, and Chestnut Hill, written by the Reverend S.F. Hotchkin and published in 1889, the Reverend gave incredible descriptions of so many great manor homes throughout Germantown, including Cliveden. He mentioned damage to the walls from musket balls and the way the floors were marred by British soldiers when they struck the floor with their muskets to empty their guns. According to Hotchkin, Servants here and from other prominent homes in Germantown impacted by the battle in 1777 often saw ghosts of soldiers carrying guns with swords. General Washington reported about a thousand men were killed, wounded, or missing after the Battle of Germantown. Most of these deaths occurred outside Cliveden Mansion. It's not hard to believe the stories of servants from the late 1800s and guests who tour Cliveden seeing ghosts of revolutionary soldiers wandering the grounds and the house even today. There are a few more ghost stories from Germantown I'd like to share, and I'm going to start with the ghost of West Allen's Lane. Allen's Lane is just a few minutes from Cliveden Mansion in Mount Airy. It begins at Germantown Avenue and ends at Wissahickon Valley Park. It's only about 10 blocks long, but they're 10 long rural blocks surrounded by enormous trees and old stone houses similar to Grumblethorpe and Cliveden. There is a particular area of West Allen's Lane said to be haunted, and that's a stretch between Emlyn and McCallum Streets. This road is named for the 26th mayor of Philadelphia, William Allen. Now, while that sounds impressive, he only served for one year in 1735. The town of Mount Airy got its name from the mansion built there by William Allen, although that home was destroyed in the mid-1800s. 
William Allen wasn't a friend to the revolution. In fact, he wasn't even in the country during the Revolutionary War. He returned to England before the fighting broke out, and it's probably a good thing for him that he did. Like Benjamin Chu, Allen wasn't a fan of the Declaration of Independence. He was also friends with the Pens, and he wanted to see them retain their 25% ownership of the state of Pennsylvania. Of course he did. His daughter was married to William Penn's grandson. So if the Penn family retained even partial ownership of this state and the colonists' quest for independence was lost, that would have fared very well for William Allen's family legacy. Allen was a loyalist, and sadly, he was also a slave owner, which, if you know anything about our founding fathers, and not just the ones whose names are on the Declaration of Independence, but so many of the old families that settled this new world in the original colonies, many of those families owned slaves. Sometimes because we're in the, quote, North, slavery seems like something that wasn't a part of our history, but it very much was. Not everyone was like the Johnson family in Germantown who offered their home as a safe haven for slaves fleeing the South. And the Underground Railroad wasn't just a way for slaves to move North. It was a way for them to find abolitionists, a way to find people who wanted to help and protect them from their neighbors. About slavery, William Allen eventually had a change of heart and upon his death, freed his slaves. In his will, Allen wrote, My three slaves, Francis, Samson, and Harry, all henceforth be free, I having been persuaded of the injustice. Allen's Lane, named for William Allen, is considered one of the most haunted locations in Philadelphia. The ghost stories there are foggy, and not just because apparently you have an easier time seeing this ghost on a misty evening. To me, the story is more of a legend. One, I believe, sprung up simply because of Allen's Lane's location and connection to the battle at Germantown. There is a ghost of a Revolutionary War soldier who is only seen at night, riding a ghostly horse, cradling his head in his arms. The man's head, not the horse's head. That's right, folks. We have our own version of the legend of Sleepy Hollow in the Germantown section of Philadelphia. I imagine if this ghost is riding a horse, then he would have been a man who held some level of rank during the Revolutionary War and was present at the Battle of Germantown. No matter how hard I dug, it was almost impossible to find anyone who'd actually seen this ghost. Only reports about the headless horseman who rides along Allen's Lane. There was one sentence on hauntedplaces.org indicating two policemen saw this ghostly rider in the 1980s. Yeah, I don't really believe that. I think this particular ghost story is more fiction than anything else, but it's a pretty good story. I've got one more ghost story from Germantown to share today, and that's about Loudon Mansion, built in 1801 by an English merchant named Thomas Armott. Armott built the property for his son on Negley's Hill in Germantown. Loudon features Greek Revival architecture. It's got an enormous front porch that looks like a mini Parthenon. In the 1960s, it was open to the public as a historic house museum, but you're not able to visit it today. The property sits on the 4600 block of Germantown Avenue, and it's about 100 feet back from the road, 30 feet above Germantown Avenue on an enormous hill. There are trees at the base of the property, so it's difficult to see from the road, and a fire destroyed the upper floors on June 21, 1993. 
Loudon has been off limits to the public for quite a while. Anything that survived the fire was removed from the lower floors and preserved as a part of Philadelphia's history. The only people that spend time at Loudon Mansion today are the ghosts. The ghost of a child named Willie, who's believed to be William Armott Logan, died in March 1860. Willie may have been anywhere between 8 and 11 years old when he died. Anita Feldman, the president of the Friends of Loudoun Association, told the Philadelphia Inquirer, Willie likes to mess with the items that are on display in the historic home. Willie took items from inside locked display cases and hid them. Sometimes the staff would find these items in boxes in another part of the house. According to Feldman, Willie's spirit was also felt near the fireplace in the minister's room at Loudon Mansion because that's where he had to stand for his punishments. Maria Dickinson Logan, the last owner of Loudon Mansion who bequeathed it to the city of Philadelphia upon her death in 1939, has also been seen in her bedroom prior to the fire in 1993. Both volunteers and visitors told stories about seeing an indentation in her chaise lounge in her bedroom. It was the imprint somebody would make when sitting on a cushion, but there was no human sitting on the chaise, and sometimes her slippers would be moved around the room. Two other ghosts were often sighted by neighbors. One was a young woman who looked to be in her teens. She wore a bonnet and sat rocking in a chair in the sunroom. The second was a little girl whom neighbors said looked to be no more than five or six years old. This little girl was often seen running throughout the house. Spirits you don't hear about quite as often, but are there nevertheless, are those of Revolutionary War soldiers, primarily soldiers from the Continental Army. Many of the men who died at the Battle of Germantown were carried up to the top of Negley's Hill, and they were buried there. Some believe Loudon Mansion is built atop a Revolutionary War burial ground. Whether Thomas Armott knew that or not, I really can't say. When he came to the colonies from England, he first settled in Maryland. So maybe he didn't know he was building a home on top of the remains of hundreds of soldiers. The anonymous spirits of those who were buried at Negley's Hill wander the grounds of Loudon Mansion 240 years after their death. During the week after the fire in 1993, Loudon Mansion received help from volunteers at Grumblethorpe, the Wick House, even the Mutter Museum, to save as many Philadelphia heirlooms as possible, including a wax-sealed letter from Benjamin Franklin, a gold watch which belonged to William Penn's secretary, John Logan, 17th-century China, and a needlepoint made in 1725 by an eight-year-old little girl. For everything that was saved, so much was destroyed when a lightning bolt struck the roof of Loudon Mansion and set the house on fire. Seven truckloads of items that were destroyed or damaged by smoke and water were carried out of Loudon Mansion. Initially, the Friends of Loudon Association were hopeful about restoring the property, but then it rained a few days after the fire, and ankle-deep water pooled in the first floor. There was no insurance on this property. Maria Dickinson Logan left $150,000 for the care and keeping of Loudon Mansion. That may have seemed like a lot of money in 1939 when she willed the property to the city of Philadelphia. Today, that's a little over $2.7 million. But it would have cost at least $5 million in 1993 to restore Loudon after the fire. Some volunteers wondered if Maria's ghost had a hand in salvaging certain items. 
because there were pieces of furniture that seemed like they should have been destroyed during the fire, but they weren't, and those were believed to be her favorite pieces of furniture. Other than salvaging what could be saved, nothing has happened with this property. It's sat empty for decades. Pieces of the collection were intended to be taken over by the Philadelphia Museum of Art, by the Stenton Mansion, but that required testimony in Orphan's Court to disassociate Loudon with the decree of Maria Dickinson Logan and her wishes in her will. In 2016, an organization called Natural Creativity that provides support to homeschooled children expressed an interest in taking over Loudon Mansion and turning it into an educational center. I wasn't able to find out whether Natural Creativity did actually take over this building. Recent photographs from this spring look like the mansion is still empty. It does appear to have been maintained from the outside, but it looks like it's been completely closed to visitors. I did find a listing for a long-term lease opportunity. The 6,000-square-foot house and caretaker's cottage on one acre of land. This posting also read, Capital investment is required by tenant. So I guess that means get ready to spend a shitload of money. I need to take a ride out to Loudoun. See if I can walk around. Maybe I'll see a few of these ghosts that were seen by so many volunteers and visitors. I also hope you enjoyed this long walk down Germantown Avenue, from Grumblethorpe to the Johnson House, from Cliveden to Loudoun, and over to Allen's Lane. As always, thank you for listening. That's it from me. Ciao for now, Twisters.